Here's a question I get asked all the time. How do you talk to big shots like it ain't no thing? All right, that's this week on the Badass Agile Podcast. Greetings, team. Welcome to the Badass Agile Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Williams. Greetings, everybody. Welcome back, and thank you, as always, for tuning in. I appreciate you. I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad that you're uh, getting some value out of this show. I appreciate the comments and everything that you send as well, so don't hesitate to let me know how you enjoyed this episode. All right, what is it about talking to an executive or a boss or someone of import in your industry that makes us so nervous, and I'm willing to bet causes us to walk away from opportunities that could really open our minds or enhance our careers or just help us get the results that we're looking for. Well, before we dig into that, let's take a moment to remember why we're here. To create an elite tribe of leaders who truly serve their clients and communities by doing what matters and what works, relentlessly chasing value and excellence like a badass. There's so many resources out there about what you need to do in order to be agile, but we're focused on who you need to become in order to lead teams. So let's hammer down those fundamentals to create a truly unique and powerful force in this industry. Now remember, if this helps you, tell your friends. Don't hesitate to check out what we're doing in The Forge by signing up for our mailing list. And join us in the Facebook Badass Agile Listener Lounge. All the links you need are in the show notes below. I look forward to seeing you there. Now, let's imagine you're booked into an early morning Monday meeting, some kind of status meeting, and you find out that the CEO is going to be there or the divisional vice president. Or maybe you're running a podcast and you're thinking of inviting the guy who wrote Too Legit to Quit. The point is, you're about to speak to somebody of magnified importance, and it's scaring the hell out of you. You can feel yourself go cold. You might feel a bit nauseous. You might even be tempted to back out. And that's to say nothing of what happens once you get in the room with this person. All of a sudden, you lose your ability to speak. You're not hearing or listening to anything that anybody's saying. Your mind is all over the place and you're unable to focus. Well, as you know, sometimes the Olympic-style triumphs that we get in life depend on our ability to get focused, to get certain, and to get your head right when these monumental occasions present themselves. There's a saying about success being the confluence of opportunity and your preparation for that opportunity. So what's going on here? Well, the first thing I want you to do is to flip the script in your head that tells you that this person or persons is somehow of magnified importance in the first place. The reality is we're all equal. If you really want to look at it intellectually or logically, you could examine their life and their accomplishments compared to yours. They may have done exceptionally well in their career and reached a certain position or title or level of success or fame or wealth, but the chances are excellent that they might be missing out in some areas or gapped in some areas of life that you have, in fact, crushed. Now, even if you don't buy that argument and you say, no, 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 this person has really applied themselves, and if I'm being honest, I've been kind of lazy, or have taken the passenger seat in life up to this point, and they've simply accomplished more. That happens too, but what I want you to recall is that at any moment, you are in complete control of changing that narrative. Meaning, if you want to chase a CEO position, or you want to write the next great novel, or song, or blog post, It is totally up to you to begin that journey now. 
the only thing you can actually say about yourself with accuracy compared to that person is that you simply haven't put in the time yet. Meaning, all other things being equal, if you start to apply the same level of discipline, the same level of intention, you would arrive at the same place too. You're just at a different point in the arc, and there is nothing about that that makes you unequal. They were where you are once too. That was a weird sentence. The point is, there was a point in time where they were exactly where you were, unsure of where to go, and starting at step number one. So let yourself off the hook a little bit and foster instead the belief that you belong in this conversation. Nothing about what you value or what you want is any more or less noble, important, or valid than what that person believes, values, or wants. So give yourself the permission to belong in the conversation and start looking at the person across from you as an equal. The truth of the matter is, we have a tendency to put people on pedestals, and that is always a mistake because they can feel it. It shows up in how you act, how you speak, how you move. And I've said this many times, we don't work on developing this skill, but it exists in all living things that we can sense our environment. We have receptors that let us know if the person in front of us is being authentic or if there's some kind of existential threat there. So the best thing you can do for yourself is get your head game right. Now, that leads me to my next point. Your authenticity matters. There is no script you should memorize, no list of things to say that's going to help you as much as changing your mindset and your frame about your ability to speak, to communicate, to ask for what you want, and to express your desires to this person across from you. So if you're reading any books or asking other people for ideas about what to say, stop it. Instead, think about service. When you enter into that room, offer yourself up, as we learned to do early in this podcast, with a burning sense of who do you serve, how do you serve them, and why. At the end of the day, if what you're about to pitch or ask for or discuss is of service to that person, it is an easy sell. On the other hand, if what you're asking for is not directly of service to them, but of service to anybody but you, your colleagues, your team, your customers, then it is still a reasonably easy sell. We learned early that it's much easier to recruit people towards your cause and your vision if it is of service to a larger goal. And that passion and that selflessness shows up in your conversations. Which brings up another point. This goes way back in the badass agile history as well, but be visionary and be intentional. Know what you want the outcome to be before you go into that meeting. Don't just book time to have a conversation. Understand what you want to walk away with and have at least a high-level plan for what you will do or what you will say if it seems to not be going your way. Now, here's the next thing that you should do. You should prepare. You should know who this person is. So there's two dimensions to that. One is empathy, meaning understand what it's like to walk in their shoes. They're busy people. They get asked a lot of questions. They're probably not interested, nor do they have time for the specific mechanics of what you do every day. What is it like to be a CEO? What kinds of things do they think about? What kinds of problems might need solving? What are the things that you could do that would be valuable to them? Which brings up my next point which is about matching values. If you understand what they value, 
personally and professionally, if you know what kinds of things light them up, now you can have a conversation that is other-based. Now, don't be surprised if some of those values are selfish values. They might be interested in their track record. They might be interested in getting some kind of promotion or a new job or some media exposure, some press. But if you dig deep enough, you should be able to find the values that really light them up. It could be contribution to society. It could be creating inclusive environments. It could be creating the best corporate culture. If you dig deep enough, if you read articles and interviews and check out their profiles or ask people who know them, you can get invaluable answers to those key questions. And that prepares you to do this one final thing that I really want to suggest that I really believe in, which is what I call heart-based communication. Now, I actually didn't invent that term. It came from this like dollar store dog-eared used book I found one time called How to Argue and Win Every Time by Jerry Spence. Now, Jerry Spence was the lawyer who worked as the O.J. Simpson defense in his criminal trial, but don't let that throw you off. The really interesting thing about Jerry is that he has a Native American background, so he has this really cool spirituality and is in tune with his nature and his, you know, his, his ability to express ideas in a passionate way. And the point of the book is that when you argue from the heart and not from a place of logic or reason, you win every time. So I highly recommend you grab a copy of the book if you can find it. But the most important thing you want to do when you're talking to a big shot is figure out their heart and find a way to connect to it. Ask them questions that stir their emotions. And that doesn't mean you have to ask them really personal questions necessarily, but adopt a heartfelt curiosity for people's history, their background, their passions, their family, and the things that have moved them to get them to the place where they are. Which, remember, is not about being in an exalted position, but being in a position where they're leading from passion and hopefully enjoying a great sense of fulfillment and joy and pride and living life on their terms. I mean, ask questions that tap into those emotions. And it may seem awkward, like once again, you're not entitled to have those conversations. But if you find a way to work it in, that heart-based communication or what Jerry Spence calls the heart zone, you'll find that it radically changes the tenor and the effectiveness of your communications. And you probably leave the conversation with that person saying, I don't know what it is about that guy, but I like them. So reflect on these tips this week, guys, and try to find a way to bring it into your practice and report back. How did it go? Did you have a critical conversation with someone of quote unquote, great import? And how did you show up? Did you find yourself less nervous? Did you get what you wanted? Did you hit your outcome? All right, that's it for this week. Thank you, as always, for being listeners. You can reach me at badassagile.com or find me on Twitter at badass underscore agile. I look forward to next time. And until then, stay badass.